0: Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast that's heavily steeped in ancient Roman tradition. I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. You know, Emily, drinking wine and eating ham isn't an ancient Roman tradition. Prove it. You'll find that wine and pork do factor heavily into today's subject more than you'd think. <laughs> oh, lovely! You gotta love a good pork and wine holiday. I, I don't know if the ancient Romans had ham. Um, I'll save that for my history of ham episode. <laughs> Maybe that's what that that'll be my post um Spain vacation <laughs> or you know post Spain episode. Oh, is you'll, you'll teach you how they make ham. ham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ham. Ah. <laughs> uh. I love being made fun of for that, like, 10 years after it happened. <laughs> I've, I've certainly told that story on this podcast before. Tell it again. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. So I'm in the drive-thru for a Dutch Brothers, which, if you don't live in the Pacific Northwest, is like a coffee kiosk chain that's not very good. Um, there's not a lot of coffee in it. Anyways, not the point. The baristas are all like these Abercrombie models. Which is, of course, just c- important context, anyway, it, we were going through the weekend before Easter or the week before Easter, and the barista was like, "So do you guys have any plans for Easter?" And like, I kind of spiraled, no pun intended off into my own thoughts, like, "Ah, oh, yes, Easter, I'm going down to Eugene, I'm going to my grandma's, my grandma's making a ham, And then I remembered that I was like talking to someone, so my brain just kind of came in at the end of it, and I said to this man, "Ham." <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that story before. Travis wasn't even there. It was before I even knew him, and he makes fun of me for it. His parents make fun of me for ham. The, the truth is, I love a celebrational ham. Yeah, I, I've ham has really grown on me. I used to be very anti ham as a piggy eater, anti ham. I, I didn't like most things when I was like <laughs> six to. Nineteen. <laughs> it's pork that you pour brown sugar and like. Oh, good. I even I like a savory ham like, too. I still can't do pork chops though. I don't know what it is. I think it's the texture. They're just too chewy. Yeah, pork chops. I can you know take it or leave it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> this is nothing to do with today anything. We're talking. Th- this is the holiday episode. <gasps> um. I know we kind of like maybe sometimes don't swear during the holiday episode. Really. Just getting into the spirit. Um, I will not remember this, but if you want to go ahead and bleep me out, you go for it. Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) No, I I think in honor of Saturnalia um, being a raucous and fun holiday, um, we're going to do so. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Saturnalia, the most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar and what's considered to be the biggest influence on modern day Christmas. Ooh. What do you mean modern day influence on Christmas? I thought um, Christmas was do you Jesus' birthday. Thought Christmas birthday? was an original holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, like I told told you the other day, it's like anarchist Christmas. <laughs> so it's a cool Christmas for cool people. Yes, it it's got all of the good joyful bits without being beholden to an infant <laughs> whose birthday wasn't even during midwinter. <laughs> no disrespect to Baby Jeezy, but. This isn't his day. I'm sorry. What? What did you? What did you call him? Have you never heard the phrase "Baby Jeezy" before? Never once in my entire life have I heard someone refer to him as Baby Jeezy. Over on the dollop, they call him J-Town. Well, this is all I'm going to be referring to Jesus as (laughs) for the the rest of time. I'm sure my dad. Oh, he'll love love that. that during Grace at Christmas dinner. Come, Lord, baby Jeezy. It'll be like that scene from uh, Talladega Nights. (laughs) I prefer the Christmas Jesus. Um, Okay. Who doesn't? Yeah, let's get into it. Christmas Jesus is the best Jesus. (laughs) He brings you presents. What's there not to love? (laughs) Do you think baby Jesus is the one who brings the presents? No, I was making a funny joke. Okay. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I don't have time to explain. Uh, Anyway, so uh, Saturnalia is thought to have been derived from an older farming-related series of rituals during midwinter and the solstice, um, especially the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during the winter sowing season. So, I mean, you grew up on a farm. Do you guys like put seeds in the ground during the winter? No, oh, they wouldn't grow. Well, there's a winter. sowing But we also period. live in a different climate That's, than like Italy. Yes, ancient Rome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's all about pleasing the gods to get a good harvest. Like most. Uh traditions and stuff were back in the day yeah gotta gotta make them all happy that's kind of how we got must have been exhausting when there was so many holidays gods oh yeah (laughs) yeah i guess that would be like if we celebrated every saint's feast day yeah like oh who do i gotta suck up to today it's i we're literally recording this on a major saint's feast day (laughs) (laughs) happy saint nicholas day and i think this two weeks later uh i also think this comes out on saint lucy's day (laughs) Boy, December was a busy month. <laughs> yep, December 13th, St. Lucy's day. <laughs> well, happy birthday St. Lucy. Yep, that's what it celebrates. Um, you need to see The Nun too, by the way. It's fucking wild if you're a Catholic. <laughs> Okay, so festivals and stuff also boosted morale, especially during objectively, like, shitty times of year. So midwinter when nothing was growing, like, it was cold, you know, no one was getting yeah, the vitamin you gotta D. You got have something to look forward to. Exactly. It's like, you know that depressing stretch between, like, Martin Luther King Day and Memorial Day when, like, there's no holidays? Isn't that, like, February to May? To January to May. Easter! Unless you get presidents. Yeah, but you don't get time off for that. I guess not, but like, and St. Patrick's I'm concerned Day, about. <laughs> you're concerned about days off of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that whole stretch where like, you know, you get this Christmas thing where you get like Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas, and then there's New Year's, and you're always off of work, and no one's doing anything. And then you get back in January, and you start to settle back in, and then you get one more day off. I don't get Martin Luther King's day off. And then it's day off. nothing. Well, I'm sorry your employers are racist, I guess. <laughs> i have to sorry not to, <laughs> to besmirch your employer they give us a floating holiday that we can start taking on January 31st because January is like a super shitty month to be an accountant oh yeah that probably makes more sense as to why they would maybe not take that day off yes do you get president's day off no okay yeah we don't either <laughs> I think that's just for school children and banks <laughs> probably um okay the only people who care about the president <laughs> Okay, so although um, Saturnalia is probably the best-known Roman holiday, other than the Gregory Peck one. um, I I was going to say. That's that's, that's the one I know about. Uh, There isn't a single ancient source that details Saturnalia in its entirety. Uh, Modern understanding of the festival is pieced together from several accounts, which was a great discovery to make when I was researching this. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's so much fun when that happens. Ah. You're like... Wow, I bet I definitely know so much about this holiday, and I'm not, you know, second-guessing everything I'm reading. Nope, because it's all pieced together from different poets and shit, and everyone was a goddamn poet in ancient Rome. Uh, The celebration of Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture and time, began as a single day but by the late Republic, which was about uh, 133-131 BC. Um, It had expanded to a week-long festival beginning on December 17th. Uh, no one really knows why it was expanded other than people were just like really into all the partying and the gifts and the food. I mean, it's pretty easy if you've got a fun holiday to like find Make it a reasons week. to continue celebrating. Yeah, that's why wouldn't you? That's the thing that I, I believe that the Christianity is missing because like Judaism has Hanukkah. That's a whole week. Um, Kwanzaa is a week. <laughs> Uh, Damn. Yeah, I feel like Christmas really getting the short end of the stick. Yes, Christmas should be December seventeenth to December twenty fifth. I mean, I guess you probably could argue that December twenty fifth through December or January first is basically treated as a week long holiday. Nothing ever gets done. Yeah. I mean I still have to go to work but like, but like yeah no one's doing anything. And I feel like there's not a lot of like active Christmas celebration. It's just maybe you might pick up another one you missed because you can't be in eight places at once on Christmas day. I'm just yeah, I mean we should just make it an official like stuff to do during yeah. the whole week. Um so to further my point uh about everyone being a poet and uh everyone loving <laughs> Saturnalia, the Roman poet Cat- Catullus, god damn it. Seven years of Latin, and this episode's going to kill me. um, Described Saturnalia as, quote, the best of times. (laughs) It's the best of times. It was just the best of times. times. (laughs) Um, So it was, of course, like heavily, like there were heavy religious overtures because it was a religious holiday. But it was very much more a holiday about the spirit of fun and celebration than what Christmas is like, quote unquote, supposed to be. Yeah, I feel like gods were a lot cooler back in the day. Like, it wasn't all... Being solemn and faithful. Oh yeah. Just, you know. The reason for the season was getting a good harvest and like raising hell for a week. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Um in one ancient story, the god Saturn described the festival uh, as follows. Uh quote, everywhere there is clapping and singing and playing games, and everyone, slave and free man, is held as good as his neighbor. Which like sounds like a fucking line from a Dickensian novel. And this is a direct quote from the God Saturn? Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. What a guy. I know. Really hard to get a hold of. And he, like, (laughs) getting him to sign the waiver and it was a whole thing. But anyway, so, uh, like I said, the holiday started out as a farming ritual where farmers would offer gifts and sacrifices to the gods in celebration of the solstice and the winter planting season, which is apparently a thing in Italy. Um, Those early rituals morphed into a holiday with a real name, uh, Saturnalia, which honored Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture. Um, So, depictions of Saturn in surviving art have him wearing a veil and brandishing either a sickle or a pruning knife, uh, suggesting a close relation with agriculture, uh, especially seed growing. Um, He is thought to have taught humanity important agricultural skills, kind of like Prometheus, given humans fire, or Maui doing all of his Maui stuff. There's like a whole song about it. Oh, yeah. Fairly standard. Like, nice god who teaches humans how to do things. Yeah. Um someone's got to teach us. <laughs> we weren't figuring it out by ourselves. We were a- we, absolutely not. We were ancient aliensing ourselves even in ancient Roman times. <laughs> <laughs> um so Saturn was said to have ruled when the world enjoyed a golden age of prosperity and happiness, um hence the general merrymaking of the holiday. Uh, since the Greek equivalent of Saturn was Cronus, it stands to reason that the Greek festival of Cronia was the equivalent, um, even if it took place during a different time of year, which is like mid-July, mid-August. Um, I t- tried to understand the Greek calendar and failed. It is wild. Don't oh, yeah, no. Um, Too much work. So, like with Saturnalia, Cronia was a time for social restraints to be temporarily forgotten. Enslaved people were given time off and participated in the festivities. Um, and they were also, quote, permitted to run riot through the city shouting and making noise. Boy, that sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, Greek writer Athenius cited several other examples of similar festivals celebrated throughout the Greco-Roman world, uh, including the Cretian festival of Hermot or Hermea uh, in honor of Hermes. Good for him, getting his own holiday. Not not always forgotten. I, I love I love Hermes. He's got he's got a good vibe. Um there's also uh an unnamed festival from I believe it's pronounced Trozen in honor of Poseidon, um the Thessalian festival of Peloria in honor of Zeus, uh and an unnamed festival in Babylon. But they all kind of had that same like merry making, gift giving vibe. Yeah. Uh, despite some claims that Saturnalia began at the beginning of the 5th century BCE, there's evidence that it was actually much earlier, and I don't have an exact date, uh, but it stuck around for a while. Um, The festival was described in the 5th century CE. I'm doing C, E, and B, C, E, because we're not making this about Jesus. Um, by, Great. By an author. Of all the episodes. I know, right? I think that's appropriate. Um, But it was described uh, in the 5th century C.E. by a guy named Macrobius, Um, who selected it as a setting for a dialogue he was writing, where the protagonists discuss a time when Rome's pagan rituals were more prominent before the growing influence of Christianity. So it was basically like, Remember when we used to have Saturnalia? That was dope. Now we just have this Christian shit. Ooh. So as I said before, it was initially a one-day holiday, but eventually it expanded to an entire week. Uh, The Emperor Augustus reduced the festivities to a more reasonable, quote-unquote, three days. Um, But his successor, Caligula, (laughs) increased it to five days. You would, yeah, and it seems that in practice, people just celebrated the full seven days, anyways, despite official decrees. Yeah, what the fuck are the officials gonna do about it? Yeah, so like, great job, Caligula. <laughs> That's the only time I'm ever gonna say, "Great job, Caligula." <laughs> like, <laughs> even a broken clock is right one year a week or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about Caligula uh, in a different episode. I'm like fascinated by him and Nero and just like the shitbird roman emperors so the temple of saturn in rome served as the ceremonial center of uh saturnalia celebrations which makes sense it being the temple of saturn Mm -hmm. Uh, on the first day of the festivities a young pig would often be publicly sacrificed at the temple which was located uh in the northwest section of the roman forum just in case you want to take the saturnalia walking tour later Um, the sacrifice was officiated by a priest whose head was uncovered. Um, Ooh, yes. Scandalous. Ooh, yes. In Roman Rite, a priest sacrificed capite velato, which pretty much just translates to they had their head covered by a special fold in their toga. And I know this doesn't sound like a big deal unless you have some, like, Roman Catholic trauma that you're getting over, being in church without (laughs) head covering and all that. Oh, yeah. But it's actually thought to be part of the core spirit of Saturnalia, um and the uncovering of the priest's head may have been one of the Saturnalian reversals where they they basically did the opposite of what was normal. Oh okay. Yeah, like this is the one time a year exactly where you yeah, cuz that was the thing. It's like about not following social norms for once. Yes. So yeah, that would that would follow. Yeah, following the sacrifice, the Roman Senate arranged Eleutherodium, which is a ritual of Greek origin that involved placing a god's image on like a couch as if he were present and actively participating in the festivities. <laughs> like uh, Elf on the Shelf, yes, looking we at Bernie's. Oh my God! No, because they didn't. Wait, use the, what was your reference? The elf on the Shelf. Oh. <laughs> i I was definitely thinking weekend at Bernies no, they didn't use a dead guy, well, no, but visually, yes, it has that vibe, <laughs> so another fun act of symbolism was the way that the statues of Saturn were presented this time of year. um, the statue in the temple was traditionally uh shown with like wool bonds tied around his feet. i can't I don't know why I don't know why that's matching, um, but during Saturnalia, yeah the Saturnalia, these bonds were uh removed to, sim- to symbolize the god's liberation i thought it was fun uh so after the ceremonies were complete the festive this like the festival mm, really began yeah. you know like after you go to church you go to breakfast but that like that's part of church um the day was a holiday from all forms of work uh schools were closed exercise regimens were suspended <laughs> that was a big thing in rome no that was a big thing in Rome. calisthenics yes thing. um Courts were not in session, so no justice was administered. Love that. Uh, and no declaration of war could be made. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and in a stunning show of generosity and community, the Senate also arranged for a massive free banquet to be held for all people who lived in Rome, whether they were official citizens or not. And those feasts were wild. That's really cool. Like, just from, like, a concept standpoint, like, man, you don't do things like that anymore. Well, to be fair... um. We don't have slaves anymore, so... I mean, that is good. <laughs> but yes, having, like, a big... Like, like in Stardew Valley. Yeah! It's basically the luau. And if you bring a truffle for this soup, everyone will be your friend. Oh, really, truffle is? Uh, yeah. My go-to is usually, like, a Gold Star melon. Yeah. Gets the top done. I hate that first year when you just, like, can't catch a break. I have found Gold Star Spice Berries are actually, like, you're not going to get, like, the best reaction... But like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll 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 ta- it'll last you for the year. <laughs> uh, so, when the Roman poet, another poet, uh, Sta- Statius, um, attended Emperor Domitian's Saturnalia feast in the late first century uh, CE, he had this to say: "Quote: Who can sing of the spectacle, the unrestrained mirth, the banqueting, the unbought feast, the lavish streams of wine?" Now I faint and drunken with thy liquor, drag myself at last to sleep. This sounds lit, as the kids said. That was basically like a long version of, that party was lit, I'm gonna be yep. hung over. Um, so after the public rituals, observances continued at home for the rest of the week. On December 18th and 19th, which were also public holidays, uh, families conducted their own rituals, including sacrificing a pig if they had the means um, and people also decorated their homes with, with wreaths and other greenery and through their own lavish feasts. Um, and this is, the, we're going to get into like the fun traditions now. Okay. Yes. So like as fun as the public stuff sounds, the rest of the week is where it really gets good. Um, the entire idea of the festival was that things were backwards. Like it was literally a topsy-turvy day from the hunchback of Notre Dame. <gasps> oh, exciting. Yes. well, We'll actually get into that. Fact a little bit later. Um, so in each home, Saturnalia was ruled over by a king, uh chosen especially for the occasion, and known as the Saturnalicus Princeps, or leader of Saturnalia. Uh, though sometimes he was referred to as the Lord of Misrule and was given the right to conduct lighthearted mischief such as insulting guests, wearing crazy clothes, chasing people around the house. Uh, planning scandalous games and giving orders such as sing naked or throw someone in cold water. Well, those last two don't sound great, but I appreciate the idea. <laughs> uh, and the orders had to be obeyed by the other guests. Um, future fiddling asshole Emperor Nero was reported to have played the role in his younger days. Oh, good for him. Also, I went to like Google Lord of Misrule to like get more information, and I completely forgot it's one of the most popular holiday scents at Lush. Ah, interesting. So I had to wade through a lot what of does that. Does that smell like? Um, oh, it's like foresty. I think. I mean, I'm a lord of misrule. Patchouli, back black pepper, and vanilla. I'm I get sounds, down with that. I'm not like a huge patchouli person because it just reminds me of the Saturday market in Eugene, like too much. But <laughs> you know, not not bad. Um, so the the. Lord of Misrule was uh, chosen by fate. Um, A small coin would be hidden in a cake served at the beginning of the party, and whoever found the coin would become the king of Saturnalia, which... A lot of uh, this does feel very Mardi Gras. Well, stepping over my next paragraph in the script, the tradition of hiding coins in pastries would eventually evolve (laughs) into the Mardi Gras custom of hiding a tiny baby figurine inside a cake cake. Oh, right. That part. Uh, There's also... i mean, sorry. I'm just so smart. I make these connections so fast. Uh, there's also traditions in other places, New Year's traditions usually, where like, do I talk about that later? Maybe i talk about it later. But like you hide like a bean or something in a cake. And if you get the bean, then you have like good luck in the new year. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Maybe not beans specifically, but I think a, a bean does come up at some point or I read about it. Um, So the strict Roman dress code was also thrown out the window. So no more formal togas and muted colors. Uh, Romans of all ranks would dress in brightly colored fabrics in like reds, purples, and golds. Uh, This outfit was called the synthesis, which meant to be put together. So they would put together whatever clothes they wanted. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It does sound like something out of like a YA dystopia novel. A little bit. The synthesis. Um, in addition to their ugly Saturnalia togas, uh, everyone would wear the <laughs> Freedman's cap. Did you picture a toga with, like, a big reindeer on it? Like, give them the thumbs up, because I did. I mean, I pictured mostly people just, like, draped in bed sheets. Yeah. Ugly bedsheets, but... <laughs> like, like, patterned ones. Yeah, just, like, not attractive colors, necessarily. I guess I wasn't picturing patterns, but... Well, I mean, they they yeah they got to wear whatever they wanted, so whatever color, because usually like, you kept it to like a strict white, I think. or Yeah, so in addition to the togas, uh, everyone would wear the freedman's cap, a conical felt hat that was given to people who had been freed from slavery uh, to celebrate the liberty and free spirit of the holiday. Uh, those who were still enslaved, who were ordinarily not allowed to wear the hat, which is also called a pileus, uh, wore it as well, so that everyone was pileated uh, without distinction, Maybe you don't have slaves in the first place, but, you know. That would be better. I would prefer to just not have the slaves. But, I mean, at least they get cool hats for one day a year. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that makes up for it. Oh, definitely. Uh, and even enslaved people did not have to work during Saturnalia, but were allowed to participate in the festivities. Uh, masters would even wait on their slaves, or at least eat together in the same room. So topsy-turvy. Yeah, I know. Uh, and the enslaved people could do as they wish and even sass their masters a little bit. Um, but not too much. N- yeah. Uh, so Roman times. Uh, this element of the festival was possibly designed as like a social release. Uh to mm. keep revolts down, because like Roman society was very strict in their social conventions. Yeah, that makes sense. Like basically, like the purge. Well, yeah, I, I, it's a little bit like the purge, but with like basic human dignity <laughs> instead of murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty similar. uh Even Cato the Elder, who is famous for being a cheap motherfucker, uh allocated extra wine to his farm hands uh, to the tune of about twenty pints per person. That's a lot of Not beer. Bad. Did they measure it in pints back then, though? I'm sure they had, like, a weird form of measurement that was, like, a bolt or something. I don't know. <laughs> a bolt of the first wine. word that came to mind. <laughs> a bolt of wine. I, I, I don't know what Romans measured thing in, things in. Well, uh, drinking was an important part of the Saturnalia uh, rituals. Um, was actually, quote, a time to drink the most delightful drinks and be acclaimed a better singer in your cups than the next man, uh, in the words of <laughs> the satirist poet Lucian. So in the ancient world, wine was almost always mixed with water and sometimes honey or spices in a large bowl and then ladled Ooh. into individual drinking cups like mold wine. It sounds delicious. It's all connected. <sighs> Uh, Besides wine, holiday feasts often included pork, since fattened pigs were a popular Saturnalia gift, as well as winter vegetables, dried fruits, dates, sweet cakes. So ham. They had holiday ham. Holiday ham. Was it the pig that they had just sacrificed? Or? Uh, No. Well, the public pig. No, that was a suckling pig. But like, sometimes you would get a fattened pig as a gift for Saturnalia. So it was like fresh ham. Well, I guess it wouldn't be ham because ham has to be cured and like i'm getting into it too much they had pork yeah you're overthinking it, but it does sound delicious according to legend the roman author and notorious buzzkill pliny um the younger i think none of the articles specified which pliny but the elder seems cares? the elder seems like he'd he'd be like Pliny the elder to me is like merlin in the sword in the stone like kind of silly but also anyway so the the pliny um had to build a soundproof wall in his house just so he could keep working during Saturnalia because the parties got so out of hand. <laughs> Plenty. The whole point is you're not supposed to be working. God. That's why what a it loser. makes me think it was the younger. Yeah. Cause you know when you have like a dad who's a free spirit, you turn out to be like a crotchety old bastard. <laughs> yeah. You always gotta do the opposite of your parents. It just the way yes. it works. Keeping up with the theme of general debauchery, debauchery, gambling, which was normally outlawed, was allowed in public. Um, And according to some accounts, you were only supposed to gamble for nuts, not money, I guess, to keep it kosher. I guess, yeah, maybe just it's a little more fun when the stakes are a little lower. Yeah, and they weren't- A little more jovial. Yeah, they weren't playing cards, um, mostly because cards, I don't think, had been invented yet. Um, Instead, a game that Romans may have played during Saturnalia was Knuckle Bones. Ooh. Yeah, um, knuckle bones were used for games of chance. They could be rolled like dice or played like jacks. And as their name implies, they originally made from the foot bones of a goat or a sheep, um, which were easily accessible and, and cheap. I was kind of waiting on bated breath there for a moment about what animals bones are these going to be made out of? Because they could get dark very fast. Yeah. Uh, well, they were later fashioned out of all sorts of material like wood, stone, terracotta, which doesn't seem like something you want to be throwing around, but whatever. Yeah, probably a little easier to get, though. Uh, But they also, like, made fancier ones from, like, glass, bronze, gold, ivory, gems, if you were, like, fucking loaded. Yeah, if you're Caligula. Caligula. (laughs) (laughs) So, along with the drinking, the feasting, the gambling, um, exchanging gifts was a popular tradition. (gasps) Just like Christmas. Oh, just wait, it gets really good. Uh, So, because gifts of value would mark social status contrary to the spirit of the season, uh, these were often, like, pottery or wax figurines called sigillaria. uh, which were made especially for the day, candles or gag gifts. So they were doing like a white elephant. Uh, the Roman poet Marshall, Mar- yeah, it's pronounced Marshall, describes something like a white elephant gift exchange. Quote, at this time of the year, when the equestrians and senators show off their party clothes and even the emperor wears a freedman's cap, accept the gift you have drawn, whether from a poor or a rich man. Let everyone give his guest an appropriate gift. Oh, I like that it's a good holiday we should never have stopped celebrating it no we should make christmas saturnalia again (laughs) uh in his many poems about the saturnalia uh marshall names both expensive and affordable gifts including and here's some gift ideas for you people who have put it off for too long uh writing tablets or an ipad i guess would be the modern equivalent um a little nice little notebook maybe uh, dice, knuckle bones, money boxes, combs, toothpicks, a hat, a hunting knife, axes, lamps, balls, perfumes, pipes, a pig, a s- sausage, uh, parrots, tables, cups, spoons, clothing, statues, masks, books, and pets. I mean, that is basically what my Christmas list is. <laughs> Gifts could have been expensive, uh, such as an enslaved person. Gross. Or an exotic animal. Um, but Marshall suggests that token gifts of low monetary value inversely measure the high quality of friendship. So the shittier the gift, the more you love someone. I mean, that's that's the attitude I take with all my friendships. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you got me for Christmas. <laughs> it should be here tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I forgot I was going to check the tracking on that earlier. That's exciting. Yeah. And yours should be there in the next few days. <gasps> Christmas. <laughs> Uh, Gold rings are also included on Marshall's gift list. (coughs) Five gold rings? Hold on. In ancient Rome, rings had special meaning. Uh, During the Roman Republic, only senators, magistrates, and knights had the right to wear gold rings. Everyone else could only wear iron, which I think would make your finger turn green. Yeah, probably. I can't imagine it was like high quality iron in ancient days. Um, By the time of the early Roman Empire, customs changed and members of the higher class could give a gold ring to a freeborn citizen, um, raising him in rank to a knight. Oh, that's Uh, nice. Yeah. During Saturnalia, a gold ring would make a nice gift. Uh, Imagine getting five of those. I'm going to just stop saying anything so I don't predict any more of your jokes. Yeah. (laughs) There are just too many Christmas parallels, Emily. I know. It's almost like it was based off of this. weird... (laughs) So wax candles and oil lamps were also popular gifts. Uh, during the dark days around the solstice, candles were a reminder of the return of the sun after winter, hmm. like Christmas lights. Um, in Roman homes, wax candles were placed as offerings on the household altars to Saturn, especially during the final days of the festival. So the gift was practical as well. And, you know, you need a lot of candles to light the nighttime celebrations. Yeah, you do. Especially if you're staying up late. Yeah. Uh, in a practice that is a lot like the modern greeting card, um, you sometimes would put like write a poem to go with your gift. Uh, more people need to write poems with their gifts. I can barely get through a greeting card. I hate writing cards. Um, Marshall has a collection of poems written as if to be attached to gifts. Uh, for a gold hairpin, for example, he wrote, quote, That your oiled tresses may not injure your splendid silk dress. Let this pin fix your twisted hair and keep it up. It's a card. He wrote a card to go with the, the gift. <laughs> Did it rhyme in Latin? Maybe. (laughs) I was going to say, that's a bad poem, but okay. Poems don't always have to rhyme. Yeah, but like, poems that go with gifts should rhyme. Um, So the end of the celebrations were marked by the buying and giving of candles and treats, such as jellied figs, and especially uh, the small terracotta figurines or... Precious moments? Hummels. They gave hummels. But they were on sale uh, in a special market called the Sigillaria. Um, and this fair gave... Uh, yeah. So Sigillaria is also the name of the last day of uh, Saturnalia festivities. Um, and patrons or or bosses uh, might pass along uh, a gratuity to their poorer clients or employees to help them buy gifts. A Saturnalia bonus, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to say, this... Definitely a lot of similarities to yep. Christmas. A little better than Christmas. It's weird that the uh, Roman society was... Well, no, they had slaves. Yeah. But... <laughs> a lot more generous sometime in some ways. They they felt they had to be so strict and like put together the rest of the year and then they got like their big purge week. <laughs> Thanks to the Roman Empire's conquest in Britain and the rest of Europe from the 2nd century uh, BCE to the 4th century CE, uh, and their suppression and theft of older seasonal festivities and rites practiced by the Celts and other groups, mm-hmm. Um, today's Western cultures derive many of their celebrations of midwinter from Saturnalia. Really? I know, right? Wow. Huh. Really makes the you think Christian <laughs> the Christian version of Christmas owes many of its traditions to the ancient Romans, including the time of year that Christmas is celebrated. Interesting. Uh yeah. The Bible does not give a date for Jesus' birth. Um, some people think that it might be in the spring. We'll talk about it next week. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into it. Don't worry. Jesus wasn't born in midwinter. (gasps) Spoilers. I literally just said that the Bible does not give a date for Jesus' birth. We don't think he was born in midwinter. Uh, So by the 4th century CE, Western Christian churches settled on celebrating Christmas on December 25th, which allowed them to, quote unquote, incorporate the holiday with Saturnalia and other popular pagan midwinter traditions. Incorporate is such a... Put it less diplomatically, they... They stole the holiday. Yeah. Uh, So during the late medieval period and early Renaissance, many towns in England and France elected their own Lord of Misrule um, at Christmas time to preside over the Feast of Fools, (gasps) which I said we'd get to. Like the Hunchback movie. (laughs) Um, So yes, the Feast of Fools was a real holiday celebrated on January 1st. And while not a ton is known about it, it sounded a lot like the role reversing and mischief making during Saturnalia. Also, hunchback of notre dame is a new year's day movie it is now yeah no literally the beginning well not the beginning the beginning but like there there's a whole they do the feast of fools like it's new year's day yeah but do they explicitly mention that it's new year's i mean obviously you can like but they explicitly say it's the feast of fools in medieval france when Feast of Fools was celebrated on January 1st. Yeah, that's So saying, you have like, to be a big nerd. <laughs> you can infer it if, yeah, like you said, you're a big nerd like us, or you listen to this podcast, which does make you, in fact, a big nerd. A big, big nerd, yeah. Um, also, if you're watching a Disney movie, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to leave your life. So the a custom of electing a Lord of Misrule was sometimes associated with the Twelfth Night or Epiphany, uh, which is the sixth, mm-hmm. uh, which is when the wise men... Stormed the, the capital. Allegedly Storm the capital. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yes, the the epiphany is when the three wise men stormed the capital. Uh, a common tradition in Western Europe was to drop a bean, coin, or other small token into a cake or pudding. Whoever found the object would become the king or queen of the bean. <laughs> I was literally just about to say king of the beans, like, as a joke. As a funny. During the Protestant Reformation... I know. Ugh. Uh reformers sought to revise or even completely abolish such practices as they were regarded as popish. Popish as in like poppers? p a u p o p i. Oh. I think it's just like a a uptight asshole word for like fun. yeah uh, okay. Uh these efforts were largely successful and we hate them for it. Um <sighs> Protestants ruining everything again. Yeah, the Puritans banned the Lord of Misrule in England, and the custom was largely forgotten shortly thereafter. Though the bean and the pudding survived as a tradition um, in the form of a small gift being given to the person who found a single almond hidden in the traditional Christmas porridge in Scandinavia. So shout out to Scandinavia for saving both Santa and that little remnant of Saturnalia. Yep, it's all because of them. Um, in the middle of the 19th century, some of the old traditions, such as gift-giving, were revived in English-speaking countries as part of a widespread Christmas revival. Uh, during this revival, authors such as your favorite and mine, Charles Dickens, sought to reform the, quote, conscience of Christmas, unquote, and turn the formerly riotous holiday into a family-friendly occasion. Which, fine. I guess. I love a good Dickensian Christmas. Yeah, fine. I, like... I like the idea of Christmas being, like, a dick out, like, wine everywhere, just fucking party. But I also really enjoy, like, the Christmas carol idea of of Christmas where... I mean, there's still plenty wholesome about Saturnalia. Like, obviously, like, I'm sure there were some people who really went all out with it. But, like, a lot of the basics that you just described were, like, pretty tame. Like, give your friends some nice gifts. And wear a hat. (laughs) Everybody wears the same hat. Actually, um, I don't really get into it, but um, uh, Christmas crackers, you know, the, the things you pull on both ends and like a little treat and a hat comes out. I am aware of them, probably from Harry Potter. I don't think I've ever actually seen one. That's where most people are familiar. <laughs> um, my family has held on to a lot of like British traditions um, and that's a big one. So like, yeah, you pulled the little cracker and like there's a little toy in there. I can't remember what I got last year. Oh, I got like a, I think a, like a little hand mirror. Oh, cute. Um, And a joke on a piece of paper and then like a paper like crown. And then, you know, everybody puts their hat on and you have, you're all wearing the same hat is where that story is going. That is pretty cute, honestly. Christmas crackers are dope. I would highly recommend them. Maybe I'll pick some of those up um world market has them if, if you uh. one of those um yes so so uh bits of the saturnalia festivities may still be preserved in some of the traditions now associated with christmas so like gift giving um lighting of advent candles um likewise saturnalia and christmas both share associations with eating drinking singing dancing you know so we still kind of have it but like i would love to like get to that celebrating christmas is like the the dickensian like you know family and food and stuff Mm -hmm. and like giving without again being beholden to a baby yeah i i like all the i mean obviously you know me as a person i can get behind all the like secular aspects of christmas i really just don't care about the religious part anymore exactly i feel like that part's kind of shoehorned in a little bit yeah I don't know. I just like the spirit of Christmas. I love giving gifts and I like baking and sharing stuff with people. And like I just don't need the religious aspect to it. I think I can be like a good person and be generous and stuff without needing a quote unquote reason for the season. No, Emily, if you don't have the fear of hell, what's stopping you from murdering everybody you come across? Common sense. (laughs) Anyway, so in honor of Saturnalia, we're gonna play a game (sighs) because games were also traditional. I love games. I couldn't really think of like Saturnalia trivia game, but we're going to we're going to play a game where I am going to describe a holiday character and you are going to tell me from a multiple choice list Thank what God. country you think that holiday character is from. Okay. This sounds like fun. I had I had a good time looking these up. And the first one I think if you actually read my texts, <laughs> it's going to be kind of a low ball. Um okay. So La Bufana is a shawl-wearing old lady or witch who rides a broomstick and visits children on the eve of the Epiphany and leaves them candies and gifts or coal and, quote, dart candy if they've been bad. Is La Bufana from France, Italy, or Germany? I want to say Italy. Is that your final answer? Yes. You are correct. I definitely guess that because of the way the name sounded and not because i remember hearing about this lady character from your texts i don't remember anything about her, like where she was Um, from or anything well she's considered to be a good housekeeper and many say that she will sweep your floors before she leaves um to some the sweeping means the sweeping away of the problems of the year and the like starting fresh in a new year uh the child's family typically leaves a small glass of wine and a plate with some food uh often uh local treats um and her Christian origin story is kind of crazy. It involves searching for the Christ child, but never being able to find him. Um, thus, she leaves gifts for every child she comes across, just in case. But nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Your heart's in the right place. All right, next one. Uh, Grela the Ogress lives in a mountain cave, but comes out each year to plague bad kids during Christmas time. During the 18th century, her mythology at the time included eating bad children, not just scaring them, and a public decree banned the use of her stories to scare <laughs> poorly behaved children. That's a little severe. All right, is Grela, the Christmas Ogress from Iceland, Sweden? Or Norway. I'm going to say Iceland. She, she is from Iceland. Ah, nice. Uh, Grela is also the mother of the Yule Lads, which we talked about in a holiday episode like That's four a years ring ago. Bell. Yeah, the Yule Lads. Um, they are 13 mischievous boys with names like Door Slammer and Sausage Swiper. <laughs> uh, Grela is also accompanied by her large cat named, oh fuck, Yulka Turin, uh, who eats people who haven't received new clothes for Christmas. And that's why you always get socks for Christmas. Actually, socks and pajamas, man, solid gift. Oh yeah, I, I live for my Christmas pajama pants. Uh, like to the because my grandma always would would get them for us. Um, to the point where like one of the first things my sister and I did after she passed was go to the Old Navy and buy everyone pajama buy pants for that's Christmas. That's sweet. But you're carrying it on. Does your family do like the matching thing where they all get the same ones? No. Well, technically, my sister and my sister's best friend, who's like a second sister, and I all have the same pants. But that's just because we all wanted the ones that had kitties and puppies on them. I mean, them. who wouldn't? <laughs> They're like pink. They're adorable. Um, so yeah, always get new clothes for Christmas or the, uh, the Christmas cat will, will eat you. Good just... advice. All right. Our next one. You're two for two right now. I am doing pretty good. This, is, this might be a record uh, score for me on podcast games. So next we have Bell Snickle, a less intimidating, intimidating version of Krampus. Uh This man in dark furs uh, sneaks a sock or shoe full of candy into children's rooms. If they're bad, however, they may receive coal or a switch, so like a stick for hitting things with. It seems like a poor gift. I get. I'm, I'm sure the idea is that the parent hits the kid, because of course, yes. <laughs> maybe don't give that one to the yeah. kid, because especially if they're if they're a shitty, a kid. shitty kid, yeah now they've got a weapon so is bell <laughs> so is bell from belgium bulgaria or germany i guess bulgaria it's actually germany oh. mm. the germans have so many christmas <laughs> figures the germans are the best at christmas they are the best at christmas i will give italy a close second and uh england comes in third fair england has like the Christmas food thing unlock. Like you you wake up, you have a mimosa and cheese, and then like pigs in a blanket and a fucking ham. England knows what's up. Um, in the nineteenth century, men would sometimes dress up as bell and go prowling around the city, a practice known as bell snicking. Um but these days bell has largely been forgotten in favor of Saint Nicholas. Yeah. I would rather have Saint Nicholas than a bunch of weird men just like wandering the town at night. <laughs> I'd rather have one weird man (laughs) that breaks into my house than several. All right, our next is Dead Moroz. Uh, He is an Eastern European version of Santa. Uh, This figure originally wore a long red fur coat and fur trimmed hat and carries a magical staff. Instead of sneaking down chimneys to deposit gifts before vanishing into the night, he actually shows up at New Year's parties to give kids their gifts. Interesting. Uh, So, is Dead Moroz from Russia, Greece, Or Turkey. Think Russia. Russia is correct. Uh, After the Russian Revolution, he didn't come at all for a few years due to a ban on Christmas-like New Year's traditions. Joseph Stalin reversed the ban in 1935, but he ordered that dead murals wear a blue coat so that no one would confuse him with the Western Santa Claus. Stalin, come on. Yeah, I know. What a loser. There are other reasons to be mad at Stalin, but like, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you. For making that distinction. (laughs) There are other reasons to be mad at Joseph Stalin. All right, our last one. You're doing pretty good. Yeah. are you, three for four? Yeah, definitely better than previous attempts. (laughs) Our next and final is Olenziro. Okay. uh, Who is an overweight man who wears a beret, smokes a pipe, and dresses like a traditional farmer in the area where he is known. Um, He is now a beloved character who bear's gifts. on christmas eve groups of people or children carrying uh, effigies of olenzero around on a chair through the streets uh sing his carols and collect food or sweets kind of like trick-or-treating oh fun so is olenzero from portugal uh spain or luxembourg i'm gonna guess portugal Technically, from Spain. Well, this was a little bit of a trick question because I wasn't sure how to phrase it. Tricked. He's technically from the Basque region. That's Spain. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a distinction. I'm very unclear. Is like Basque territory. My understanding is that it is legally a part of Spain, but they would like to not be part of Spain. They would like to be their own thing. Oh, so it's like Northern Ireland, or um... mm, just sort of without the colonization, as far <laughs> ah, as I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so Alain Um, It is said that he died one day saving children from a burning house and that when he died, a fairy found him and granted him eternal life to continue to bring joy to children. Well, that's nice. Was he? It's weird, but it's nice. It's kind of a dark origin story, but. Well, I also read, uh, like, just a little note. I couldn't find any more on it that said that in one of his original forms, he would go around slitting the throats of people who ate too much at Christmas dinner. That's- but, like, I couldn't find any more on that, so I wasn't going to, like, attribute that to what sounds like a very pleasant man. Yeah, this seems a – I mean, we've only gotten the briefest description of him, but it seems a little out of character. Yeah. You kind of got a – when you're, like, a Chris uh, – this is not true, because so many of these, like, weird little one-off mythical figures just have a bunch of weird crap all the time. But <laughs> it's a, that's a lot for one guy. It's like, oh, I yeah. bring joy to children, and also I slit the throats of people who stuff their face. Yeah, I think that might have just been an internet creation. Sure. Because nothing can be pure and good on the internet. No, never. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a four and a half out of five because I... I the Basque was, was weird, but I wanted to include him because he sounded nice. I'll take it. I'm a genius at weird Christmas boys. You you won Saturnalia trivia. <laughs> Yay! Um. All right. So if you would like to help us bring back Saturnalia... Uh, <laughs> let us know on instagram at afternoonified you can also find us at afternoonifiedpod at pod at com or get com. um and that will, will the website also has links to our merch store of which there is so much new stuff <sighs> go get all the new stuff it's all still on sale um you can get a t-shirt with jeff on it you can get a jeff t-shirt uh what do we got? We got zodiac notebooks that I'm very proud of. Uh, cursed mugs that I hate. Cursed bugs that Sarah doesn't like. Um, maybe the best joke that Sarah has ever made, and it was off air, <laughs> but it was so good that I had to turn it into a t-shirt. So you can pick up the "Are You There, God? This Is The Zodiac Speaking" <laughs> merch. You'll just have to like record me saying that, and then like go back and edit one of the zodiac episodes and just like throw it in. It's like mid midway through a thought. <laughs> it's just so good it's so good you know it's also so good a foxy grandpa (laughs) apron (laughs) get that for your grandpa for christmas get that for your husband or your wife get that for your wife it it would be funnier if you bought it for your wife but yeah we have tons of new merch it's on sale right now um it's only the 13th so there's a good chance you can get it before christmas um if that's the kind of gift giving you want to do (laughs) and if not it'll be a new year's day gift yeah, uh, or Le Bufana can drop it off before she goes to Storm the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have one more mini coming up next week, and then we're going to take our little January break so I can lose my mind at work because accounting is weird. Um, I hate 1099 season so much. <laughs> anyway uh everybody have a a great holiday season we'll we'll see you next week and uh remember to rate subscribe review all that fun stuff yeah bye we love you happy holidays happy happy saturnalia happy saturnalia